Is it possible to know your purpose? Dr. Hunter will address this question. We've all asked ourselves at one time or another. For his message, Dr. Hunter has chosen Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 as scripture text. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. And now, let's join Dr. Hunter for his message, Is it possible to know your purpose? If you have your scriptures with you, turn to Proverbs chapter 3 with me. And if you don't have scriptures, get some. Because I want to give you an assignment. I want you to memorize this scripture with me. Now, those of you who have been through Navigators already have it memorized. But this scripture is so essential in understanding how God reveals His purpose in our lives that if we would memorize this as a congregation and it would become implanted in our hearts, then we would understand God and be reminded daily how He reveals His purpose to us. Is it possible to know your purpose in a word? Yes. It is. It's absolutely possible. But, I told this to my son, my youngest son the other day, he goes, ah, there's always a catch in there, Dad. I said, yes, yeah, son, in life there's always a catch. Not in the way you think. And that's what I'm going to explain to you this morning. And I want you to listen quickly. I don't want you to listen with your southern ears. Listen with your New York ears this morning. All right? Read this scripture with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Your path to what? Your path to your purpose in life. Now, next week, we're going to repeat that together. So memorize it this week. Now, don't forget. And if I forget, you, you get my attention next week. Say, wait a minute, we've got a memory verse. All right? Want this planted in your heart. Now, first of all, let me tell you how we incorrectly think of knowing our purpose in life. And this is an American way of thinking. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty human way of thinking because we all have this same tendency. We equate purpose with a plan or a job. We equate purpose, knowing our purpose, with some future vision that we can somehow manage by objective from now on. Lord, you tell me what I am to do, and thank you very much. I'll see that it gets done. But you know the catch right there, don't you? The catch is that the people who have a vision of what they may do can pretty consistently leave God out of the process of that vision. Because God tends to get messy. Listening to God every day tends to get messy. And if you read Scripture, you will see again and again that God revealed His purpose as people took steps toward Him And God kept people constantly dependent on Him. The Bible says that as we depend on Him daily, in the the wilderness, people had to go to God daily for the manna. We still pray, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Jesus said, 
If you would be my disciple, you must take up your cross, what? Daily. And come after me. It says in the book of Acts, at the beginning of the church, at the beginning of the church, and they continued daily in one accord. You get in the picture here? There is a process to this thing. It's not just a vision that we run after. We know what the future is going to be like, and therefore we see that it gets fulfilled. And it is not what you would think of as an outstanding, pictured, specific job like Moses or David or or the disciples had. Many people say to themselves, you know, if I could just listen to God better, I would know my purpose in life every bit as much as Moses and David and, and, and Samuel and all those heroes of the Bible. But let me tell you that there are three calls of God in Scripture. The first call is the general call to Him. And if you answer that call through Jesus Christ, through accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have fulfilled the meaning of your life, whether or not you get anything else done. All right? That is the center of history. That is the main general call for everyone to come to Jesus Christ and accept Him as Lord and Savior. There is a second call. And it's a special calling. And it has to do with your individual lives. All of you are equipped differently. All of you are put into different circumstances. And God calls you according to your gifts and graces to contribute to the world. Matthew 10:28 says, "Just as you have been freely given to, so freely what? Give. You were put here to give. And all of us have that call on our life to figure out what we do well and then do it and improve what we do well. And then there's the third call that everybody thinks ought to be the call on their life. But Scripture doesn't have this call right throughout it for all individuals. The third call is those special, specific times that God picks one or two individuals out and says, Here, I want you to fulfill this function for me. And even when He did it, when He called them, they were going through their regular life. They were doing their regular thing. Where was Moses when he saw the light on Mount Horeb? He was out in the the field tending his sheep. He was just doing his job. Just that he didn't have his face flat on the floor saying, Oh God, tell me your purpose for my life. He was living his everyday life. Where was David when he got called? Out in the field with the sheep. Where was Samuel when he got called? He was asleep on the floor. He thought he heard Eli calling him. Got up and said, What, what, God? What, Eli? You called me. He said, I didn't call you. Finally, Eli said, Look. If you hear that a third time, that's God. You just say, God, your servant hears you. Just tell me. What were the disciples doing? What What were the Thunder Brothers doing when Jesus came by? They were washing their nets, weren't they? Just doing their job. What was Matthew doing when Jesus came? He was he was doing it, he was working for the government, doing his regular stuff. What was Paul doing? He was being a boogerhead, wasn't he? He was. When he got knocked off, he'd just been a regular boogerhead. But he was doing he was doing what he thought was best. Going along in his life, and God came to him. Now let me tell you something. It may be 
that a few of you receive a special call from God. But if that happens, I want to tell you how it's going to happen. It's going to happen because you've been faithful in your everyday life. You know what God says? He who is faithful over what? Little, I will set over much. You live your regular life, and if God's going to call you, I guarantee you, you won't miss it. Because a call of God isn't something you can shuck off, believe me. A call of God to some specific or some special job is something that will drag you kicking and screaming. And if you don't, if you don't respond to it, it will never go away. I don't want anybody to think, well, oh golly, he called me once and I missed it. Nah, our God isn't weak. You know, if you, if you will hear it. But, here's the thing. All of us have a special call to contribute what we can. And when it comes to, to contributing that, when it comes to understanding how God works in our life, let me tell you how that happens. Listen to these words. Don't ever forget them. God's plan for your life is not revealed once and forever for the future. God's plan is revealed incrementally and retrospectively. When you say, God, why was I made? God will not show you on a great big screen out sometime in the future, well, here's why. Because God is a God of the everyday. And God is a God who wants your attention every day. So in order for you not to pay attention to your own image on that screen, God will keep you dependent on Him. God, today, what did you reveal to me? Today, what did I contribute? And you will begin to see a pattern in that contribution and God's plan for your life in those contributions every day. And you will understand why you were made instead of somebody else. And you will understand why you're in the circumstances you are today instead of somebody else. Today, hear God's voice. Look look in uh, Hebrews chapter 3 with me just for a second. Look at what it says. Beginning with verse 13. But encourage one another day after day day, as long as it is still called today, lest any one of you should be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. Where does that say you face? That says you face what God has given you in the beginning, the assurance, the faith, and every day you keep it. Until the end. And look at the next line. It says, While it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. You understand the pattern here? Let me tell you another reason that is. Because all of us think that having understanding of plan for your life is getting life organized. And all of us want to get life organized. How many of you for your New Year's resolution, had in those resolutions somewhere, I'm going to get more organized. 
I'm going to get more organized with my life. I'm just too disorganized. Do you want to know why those, those resolutions that depend on you organizing yourself will fail within the month? Because life isn't organized. Half of life is chaos. And if your plans depend on order, unless they take chaos into account, they'll be smashed. Because half of life is interruption on your way to something and how you deal with those interruptions. Therefore, God day-to-day deals with us. And He deals with us because details are important. The interruptions are as important as the order. The interruptions of what you do every day are as important as what you plan to be for your whole life. Because that's how you get there. Dealing with those interruptions. I'm reading a fascinating book on fractals. Fractals are those uh, irregular fragments of reality. In physics, they're they're akin to quantum physics where you can't... they're, They're just random patterns of life. Random patterns. You can't predict which way they're going to go. But if you stand back and look at which way they've gone, you see the most wonderful patterns the most beautiful artistry. You can, let me give you an example. Let's talk about the weather just for a second. You know, 20 years ago, I remember hearing as a boy, we, well, in 10 or 15 years, we will, we will have so much information on the weather that we will be able to predict it daily inerrantly. And we'll probably be, even be able to control it because we will know the cause and effect of weather. That was 20 years ago. Has anybody noticed anything about the predictions of the weather? They're no better now than they were 20 years ago. You know why? Because the old view of science was that as we get more information and we can put together the whole picture, then we can control the future. But the more they know about reality, the more they know the complexity. And, except for the general patterns of the weather... The, the intense feedback of the details that affect huge weather patterns. In other words, let me give you an example. A huge storm frontal system in California could, they know now, have been started from the wind of the wings of a butterfly in Africa. The details are so profound and the feedback system so complex that just the littlest detail can cause that huge result. Therefore, they will never be able to predict the weather because they can't predict how the wind from the wings of the butterfly are going to turn out. You will never be able to predict your life. Because you don't know how it's going to turn out. That's why you've got to trust in God and not lean on your own understanding. And not try to fool yourself into thinking, if I only knew how my life was going to go, I could control it and get it organized. No, you need to lean on God every day, every moment. And God can build the greatest things out of the smallest of details. We dedicated this piano in a private ceremony last week. And part of the reason that we have this piano is because of a little girl 
named Marilyn McGee Smith, who never lived one day in this world. She was stillborn. Now some of you say, why does God allow that to happen? And some of you can ask that when you get to heaven, or probably when you get to heaven you won't need to because you'll know. But what I want you to see is that what looked like a life that never fulfilled its purpose now gives you music to praise the Lord every Sunday. Thousands of people are better able to praise the Lord because of a little girl that never saw one day of life in this world. Do you understand the littlest things God can build into the biggest of blessings? And therefore, it is important that you understand how God builds your purpose incrementally, retrospectively, by doing what you do well. God will help you to see why you were put here. I'm I'm preparing to teach the course in the church leadership of the seminary again, and I read a wonderful book, Peter Drucker, Management of Nonprofit Organizations. But, Lon, you'd love that. Uh, nonprofit organization. By the way, that's what you are, a nonprofit organization. I know you don't mean to be that, but that's what you were meant to be. Nonprofit organizations are different than the government, whose business is control, and different than business, whose business is a product or service. Nonprofit organizations are in business to change lives. That's why you were put here. And it seems like everybody, in order to do that, wants to come up with some great innovation that nobody's thought of. Drucker says this, Just improve what you do well. Because no one can ever say when improvement stops and innovation begins. There's an invisible line there. And if you just keep doing what you do well for the Lord, innovation will happen. But it's not something you control. It's just being a faithful steward of what God's given you. And lives will change. There's a new song out. Uh, um, I can't remember exactly what the title is, but it says, Life's a dance you learn as you go. Sometimes you lead, sometimes you follow. Don't worry about the part that you don't know, because life's a dance you learn as you go. And that's exactly right. Therefore, we will be concentrating on the five areas of life, the five areas of purpose that we have laid forth this year. And we, for the next five years, will be preaching one area per year at a time, and we're going to help you to examine what God's doing in that area of your life. Remember them for me, or with me, just for a second. The area of life for orientation. The area where it says... I am made in the image of God. How am I reflecting Him? How am I oriented toward Him? The image of limits. I'm sorry, the the area of limits. What was I put here not to do? Very important. The area of love. I'll tell you what. Let me go at it like this. And I'll leave you with this. See, God wants to teach you in each one of these areas. Uh, we just had a gal get back from Japan, Cheryl, and uh, um, she said, you know, it's so curious over there. I was so interested in their, their religions, and I, and I got a little bit involved in the Shinto religion. And, and she said, it was so funny. She said, 
Every time, right before they prayed, they'd ring a bell or they'd clap their hands. Why did they do that? And I said, well, that was to attract the attention of the gods. And Cheryl's response was so classic. She said, isn't it funny how we know God to be just the opposite? We don't have to attract his attention. He's trying to get our attention. God's not going to withhold his knowledge from you. He just wants you to pay attention to these areas of life. So every day it would be good if you could look back or look forward and you could say, God, today, what did I do to orient myself toward you? Piece at a time. Today, what did I do to come to grips with my limits? Today, what did I do to love someone like you love me? Today, what did I do to learn something about how your world operates? doesn't have to be connected to religion, because you're not confined to religion. The whole world is yours. And therefore, if I learn about the world, I'm learning about you. And what did I do to contribute something? That my labor to the well-being of this world every day. And if you begin to keep a contributing knowledge and ask God to be involved in that process, you will certainly come to grips with why God has put you here. And you will see what he's doing through your life.